When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. So here's what I can tell you. The three newest members of the Edmonton Oilers organization taken in the second round today. Bo Akey taken in the sixth round today. Goaltender Nathaniel Day and taken in the seventh round. Center Matt Capone. All right. We're going to know more about those gentlemen as we move along tonight. But also the Oilers making a trade. Both guys going to Detroit, and the deal is for future considerations. So if you could make the argument that the Oilers just getting cap space, especially by moving out Kyler Yamamoto, Clem Costin also going to Detroit in the deal. He's probably not even going to play in North America this upcoming season. Oilers general manager Ken Holland commenting on the trade with Detroit. You know, I talked to Clint Costin's agent um, uh, multiple times. Really was negotiating against the KHL. So, uh, knew we weren't going to be able to uh, find a way to keep him. So, obviously, had to trade a player. Steve Ivan was really interested in Clint Costin. And, uh, um, you know, obviously, uh, $3 million for Yamo. I had to get some money off the cap. All right, which uh, he is able to do, and this is all with free agency starting on Saturday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. A lot of talk still about the Oilers getting Connor Brown or maybe looking at some other top six forward to round out the roster, so we'll see how that uh, plays out. They also have to pay their own players, and leading the charge there, restricted free agents Ryan McLeod and Evan Bouchard, who we'll, we'll discuss as we move along a little bit tonight. Clem Costin, of course, was acquired in the fall for Dmitry Samarukov from the St. Louis Blues and things that kind of not worked out for Costin uh, with St. Louis. He was a late round first, uh, late first round pick there and he uh, came to Edmonton as a bit of an unknown and uh, had a lot of energy had a pretty good sense of humor when he talked to the media and uh, had a nice uh, couple little bursts of offense played a physical game gotten some fights was willing to step up for his teammates also had some nights uh, he didn't play a lot there were some nights where it wasn't going well for him or for the Oilers and Jay Woodcroft and the coaching staff really cut back his ice time that included in the playoffs even though Costin had some big goals in the postseason and uh, you know they, they appeared to be a little bit uh, a little uh, apart in terms of uh, money and then with Costin perhaps looking to play in the KHL or overseas next season he gets traded to Detroit now I, I don't know if he's going to wind up playing for the Wings but the Wings at least have his uh, have his rights as for Yamamoto don't forget this guy was a first round draft pick for the Edmonton Oilers he was taken 22nd overall in the uh, draft in Chicago back in 2017 he will be 25 years of age 
by the time the next season starts. His birthday is September 29th, so he's still 24. And uh, the knock on Yamamoto most of the time was uh, not big, obviously, and sometimes the law of physics just wins out in the game of hockey. But I think a bigger knock was that he often played with top six players and didn't get a lot of points. I, I never doubted Yamamoto's efforts. I never doubted his hockey IQ. You would have liked to see some more points along the way. Now, we, if we're going to look at the whole story here, I think we have to acknowledge that in the second half of last season, uh, he was pretty good. He had a nice little burst in the second half of the year, racked up some goals, got to 20 goals and uh, 21 assists last season for 41 points in 81 games. And it looked like, uh, you know, maybe he was on his way and he could be a guy who could score around 20 goals per season. Now, injuries have plagued him at different points in his career as well. And uh, this past season, he only got into 58 games and he only got to 25 points. You know, if he plays the whole year, okay, maybe he gets into the into the mid-30s, but probably not getting to 41 like he did last season. And there were some chances along the way that he didn't finish, even though he scored one of the biggest goals for the Oilers this past season. He got the game winner in game six against Los Angeles. But I, I think the Oilers looking for uh, an upgrade in the uh, in the top six and Ken Holland also saying um, well he was asked earlier today why do you think it didn't work out with Yamamoto well I think if the cap was 86 or 87 it would work out it's just the cap never moves and obviously you know Skinner's do a raise Bouchard's do a raise McLeod's do a raise um, we made a deal for Ekholm at the deadline so there's got to be you know those same players that you know you go back to March the you know prior to the trade deadline you know, there was no Ekholm at six million dollars, and Bouchard's at one seven. McLeod's at eight hundred. Uh, you know, Skinner's at seven fifty. Now Skinner's at two six. You know, it's just the evolution of uh, the way the system works. So the money gets the money gets moved around. Um, I like Yamo. Um, again, you know, when we did it last year, I had no idea what the cap was going to be this year. You know, hoping that maybe the we, we could catch up and, and get the cap moving. Um, cap doesn't move it goes from 82.5 to 83.5 so um got to make difficult decisions okay so I, I think kind of the type of comment you would expect from Ken, Hall, Ken Holland after moving Yamamoto to Detroit claim Costin also to Detroit and for future considerations which could turn out to be nothing quite frankly uh so that's uh, that's the trade that was that's 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 probably sounded too cynical Kellen I'm sorry I wasn't trying to be well, could turn, but it could turn out to be nothing, right? It's hey, the possibilities there, it, right? It, so. it could be some skate laces. I don't know, uh, not, but it's. I, I don't think we're gonna wake up uh, someday and be like, oh, Detroit just gave him a, like a first round draft pick. I, I mean, we we know what uh, we know what sometimes happens here. Fair enough. All right, so that's uh, that's the trait. As for the draft picks, first of all. We'll start with the second rounder, the first pick that the uh, that the Oilers had, and that is Bo Akey. Great name, A-K-E-Y is how you spell the last name, out of the Barry Colts in the Ontario Hockey League. Six feet tall, around 175 pounds. He had 66 games played last season, 11 goals, 36 assists for 47 points. Tyler Wright is the Oilers' director of amateur scouting. We had a cluster of guys, uh, you know, after the first night. You mean... You basically sit and wait for 55 picks to go ahead, right? So uh, we thought we were going to get a pretty decent player. We, you know, we really like him. Real smooth skating, smart puck moving defenseman guy that uh, put up some numbers in in the OHL. So really happy that he fell to us. And 
you know, a little bit of lacking in the organization on the right side too. So kind of hit two birds with one stone. All right. So, you know, later round picks clearly. Well, second round's not that late, but even players taken in the second round often aren't ready for a little while and then later on in the draft who knows but we'll talk about those guys uh, a little bit later on but Bo Akey was on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, and uh, he gave some credit to some people who helped him get to uh, the NHL draft floor Obviously, my family—they've—they've uh, they've kept that drive in me. They've drove me to the ring. Super thankful for everything that they've did. Obviously, got my coaches, skills coaches, and I've got uh, my trainer Tyler Ertl and Tyler Taylor. Uh, coaches, I got Chris Dennis. Obviously, Marty Williamson, uh, Philip Barsky, Dylan Smoskowitz, all these guys that have just kind of helped me along the way, and just uh, I kind of picked their brain, and uh, hopefully, I can. Uh, use some of the things that they've gave me in the future. All right, so a uh, quick comment there from Bo Akey. Now, looking ahead here, so free agency starts on Saturday, and we will have a special uh, show on 6.30, Chad, to get free agency going. We're going to be on from 10 to noon on Saturday. Stoff's going to be hosting. I'll be around Mooner, and uh, we'll see what happens as they get rolling there. Uh, but uh, Holland was speaking with Bob earlier today and uh, also talked about the pending RFA deals, the restricted free agents. Well, for me, a deal is never done until we have an announcement. I've had lots of talks with the Bouchard camp. Had quite a few talks with them with the McLeod's camp. See where it goes. I don't really care. It's hard to kind of say it's going to be this long or that long. I don't know how long it's going to be. Got to find a, a solution that works for the player and works for the for the club. All right. So Bouchard and McLeod, the storylines there. So that's a quick Oilers recap. We'll talk more about. Uh, the draft and some Oilers storylines as we move along tonight. Stoff's actually going to join me uh, just after 7 o'clock for some of his thoughts and uh, and tell you what he has coming up on his show tomorrow too. Now, in this time slot tomorrow, we got a football game. Probably in about 24 hours, it'll be near the end of the first quarter. 4 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff. The game is at 5.30. The Elks looking for their first win of the season. The Red Blacks looking for their first win of the season. And like the Elks, the Red Blacks have a long home losing streak. Not as long as Edmonton's, but but pretty long. They have not won at home in 13 games. Several storylines for the Elks going into this one. Morley Scott talked with head coach Chris Jones today. Chris, coming off a, a difficult loss against the Argonauts, tell me about your short practice week this week. Yeah, we uh, we had two really good practice sessions. Uh, you know, they were pretty much low intensity. The guys, we did get good one good workout session in, and then we got a mobility uh, session yesterday evening, some stretching and, and that type thing. But the guys did a real nice job of bouncing back. It, it takes at least 24 hours to put one behind you. Uh, but I was proud of, of the way that they came and they prepared and uh, uh, you know, look forward to seeing what we bring. What concerns you the most as a coach? Your team coming off of a short week or the other team like Ottawa coming off of a bye week? Yeah, all we can worry about is ourselves. We can't really worry about them. We've got to show up and because uh, everybody faces the same thing, you know, the short weeks and the travels and, the, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, like I say, we just got to worry about ourselves. And you got it two weeks in a row, so. That's right. That's, I mean, that's, uh, you know. Schedule's you got, not kind to you right now. Yeah, you got two teams coming off bye weeks that uh, and we've got to both not only come on a short week but we got to travel so short week travel and play a team coming off a bye it's a, a redundancy back to back how 
have your guys responded, especially maybe your younger players? Because obviously the pressure starts to build the longer you go without a win. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. We, we've got uh, 28 kids of these 45 are either first or second year players. And uh, so I, I like the fact that they're – I like young kids because you can develop them and that type thing, you know. But we do need to get a win. I mean, there's no doubt. But uh, like I told them, we control the narrative. Don't let, don't let somebody make you not enjoy what you're doing just simply because we've, we've dropped some games. I mean, you're playing football. You're going with Jared Daggy as your starting quarterback this week. Tell me about making that decision and how difficult it was. It was tough, there's no doubt. I mean, but we, you know, we've gone three solid games and offensively we've not, you know, really, you know, lit up the scoreboard with some good players. So, I mean, it's time for us to uh, to see what a, another young man would bring that had a very good camp. And uh, all the numbers point to uh, the fact that he should do a good job. It was late in the game, but he went out and maybe Toronto took their foot off the gas a bit, but he gave he took what they gave him and put up some good numbers. Yeah, I think that's that's probably, you know, he uh, he's a guy that he's a coach's son. I mean, so he certainly knows where to go with the football, studies his butt off. He's there till 8 or 9 o'clock at night, you know, watching film and that type of thing. So he knows where to go with the football, and now it's just a matter of doing it. No, Geno Lewis this week, uh, two-pointed question here. How how serious is that injury? And then talk about Maurice French coming into the lineup. Yeah, well, uh, it, looks, it looks as if it'll be a long-term injury for uh, Gino, unfortunately. I mean, he's such a great player and has been a great player in our league and, and a dynamic part of our football team, but unfortunately it looks as if it'll be six uh, and then or more. And then uh, to, to second part of the question there, French has done a real nice job coming in, had also had a really good preseason. Uh, he and I, you know, we have a real uh, a real interesting relationship and, uh, and I'm hard on him because I know he can be a really good player. What's his strong suit, says receiver? Well, I mean, he finds holes and he makes contested catches. And, you know, he's a little faster than what you think, you know, in game speed. And, uh, and like I say, he just seems to make plays. 0-3 versus 0-2, two real um, desperate teams to win a football game today. Yeah, I mean, I think that both teams, uh, you know, could could possibly even have better records than, than we do, but we are where we are. Uh, Bobby does a real nice job with his football team. Uh, Ottawa always is very tough uh, here at home, or, or historically has been tough here at home, and we, uh, we have to come in and play really good football in order to beat a pro football team. All right, so there is Chris Jones, uh, Jared Dagey. Uh, you know, the Elks put out the depth chart today, but we knew he was taking first-team reps, but confirmed as the starter. And uh, as we've been talking about the last couple of days, Geno Lewis, it does not look good. We, we know, so he missed practice, well, what was that, on uh, on Tuesday, and I said, uh-oh. And then yesterday he's on the sixth game, and as Chris Jones said, probably out longer than the six games with uh, with his injury. All right, if you want to get in touch, it's 780-496-0063. It's the hotline presented by CertainTe, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTe, pro all the way. You can email the show, insidesports at 630ched.com, and of course, uh, of course, follow me on Twitter. Send me a message there at Reed Wilkins, R E I D W I L K I N S. Uh, I believe we got a gentleman on hold. We will get to him right away. Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. 
great video too. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We got Rob standing by. Rob, welcome to Inside Sports. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. How are you doing? Good. Good. Yeah, just a quick comment on Yamamoto. I mean, uh, I always liked him as a player, but it was the right time for him to go. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter about heart and effort in a stats and uh, results-based league, right? And, I mean, if it frees up enough space that they can hopefully get a deal done with Connor, I mean, that that uh, that just makes it that much a better decision all around. Well, and I guess that's another way to look at it, right? In, in the, the way the cap is now... Uh, and well, not the way the cap is. I mean, the cap didn't go up a lot, right? Which is what Holland right. said. And and maybe I don't know if I always do this, but I know some people who analyze the game will look at it that way. They'll look at a combination of deals, and they might say, well, that it looks like they lost that trade, but then they signed this guy, and then they made this subtle trade. So it was A, B, and C for D, E, F, and G. So yeah, I guess you could say they it's Yamamoto and Costin for Connor. Brown if it works out that way or if they sign you know Mayfield or, or whoever they they wind up getting so I get that uh yeah I mean it's I, I wanted Yamamoto to succeed um and, and I, I I have a bit of bias here Rob because I'm a short little guy so <laughs> I, yeah. I, I want the little yeah. guys to always always do well and sometimes he did right but he, he needed to be more productive in the role he often got to play yeah, and I guess the other way to look at it, you know, I don't think there was going to be a player for player uh, that was advantageous to the oil uh, out there for Yamamoto, right? So, I mean, the cap space gives the flexibility. I don't think we were going to get a replacement player that fit better uh, in a one-for-one or a two-for-one. Yeah. Did you pay a lot of attention to the draft, or was it different that they were drafting lower down and didn't have a lot of picks? No, I did. Uh, more out of curiosity, I always look at that kind of middle group in the second or in the first round um, more than the top ones because you kind of know what's happening in usually the top five or six anyway. Um, so it was kind of an interesting uh, international draft this year, anyway. Yeah, there. Well, well, during the show last night, I pointed that out. There was like Austria, Slovakia, a bunch of Russians. Uh, the Western Hockey League had a few guys in the top fifteen, which was nice to see. Okay, hey Rob, thanks for listening and thanks for calling. Yeah, have a good one. All right, that is Rob at 780-496-0063. We will have uh, more of your reaction to the Oilers' day with the trades and the draft picks. And uh, I think we have some reaction coming in uh, about the Lewis injury for the Elks and some uh, thoughts from you on their game tomorrow. A lot to discuss. we got Dave Campbell next. Stoff is ahead as well. It's Inside Sports on Chet.